Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Uh, we're going to talk some U.S. Open golf. We've got Brentley Romine on the on the show, and he's going to um, have a wee chat to us about the golf with a bit of taste of the LOV Tour, lingering but a rallying fight back by the PGA Tour. Thanks to Justin Thomas and Roy McRoy, it is now the U.S. Open's time to produce a memorial, memorable golf tournament amid the most uncertainty golf hasn't faced in decades. With stars of the LOV Tour show on the ground in Brooklyn, Tensions seem high, and that's before anyone has teed off. Brentley Romine is an uh, excellent writer for the Golf Channel and NBC Sports. He's with us again now. Hey, Brentley, hopefully I pronounced your last name right, mate. Apologies if I haven't. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Thanks Thanks for joining us, mate. Hey, uh, what, what's been the star attraction so far for the U.S. Golf Open? Well, you know, I, I, I think... There's probably several answers to that question. Uh, I mean, when, when we started the week on Monday, I, I think Phil Mickelson and obviously the Live Golf were, were kind of kind of center stage. But I think as the week has gone on, it's gotten more to the golf, gotten more to this national championship. And so now it's just, uh, you know, who's going to win? I mean, you got several great players, you know, John Rahm, uh, Justin Thomas coming off PGA win. Um, but I, I, I think it's just... Uh, you know, maybe just trying to take a collective, you know, breath of air and, uh, you know, deep breath and maybe try to move on from live for a week and uh, let's let's get this U.S. Open going. Yeah, so you, you get a sense. I was listening to uh, hearing uh, Brooks Kepka's, uh comments the other day. You get a sense everyone's had enough of the LIV PGA Tour kind of chat. It's time to move on and just look and focus more on just on golf, you know, golf as a whole. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, let's be honest. I, I, I think, uh, this isn't the first time that Brooks has, has been mm-hmm. a little testy and, uh, but I, I, I definitely see where he's coming from in this case, because these guys have, have answered these questions for months. And, um, you know, from the other side of the coin though, they, they haven't really provided any answers. Some guys have been vague. You've had others like Bryson who have said one thing and now done another by, you know, signing with the Lib tour. Um, and I, I think it's just one of those things where there's just so so many rumors flying around, so much uncertainty, and 
even with one live event in the books, uh, I still don't think people really have any answers about what's going to happen moving forward and what the PGA Tour does. I mean, we already heard today that the, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, the USGA will, will, will not ban, you know, players who compete in live from, from the U S open. So, um, you know, we know that, but other than that, I think, you know, there's still a lot of people in the dark and there's a lot of things being said and you don't know what's true and what's not. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I don't blame Brooks for, for being that way, but, um, yeah. you know, it, it's certainly kind of in his character to, to do that anyways. Hey, Brindley, just talk to us a little bit about the country club at Brookline. Which, which players are going to enjoy playing on the course, do you think? Yeah, so it's it's kind of a it's kind of a weird situation in that you know, it, it obviously has the name recognition over here in the states and really worldwide, um, but it hasn't hosted that many U.S. Opens. I mean, it's hosted two U.S. Opens. I mean, obviously the famous one back in 1913, but then 1988 was the last time we've been here for a U.S. Open. Uh, I think this is like the 15th overall USJ Championship, so a bit of an unknown for most of these guys. Um, I think. Uh, Obviously, Matthew Fitzpatrick won the last USGA event here back in 2013 when he won the U.S. Amateur. So he has kind of some local knowledge. Scotty Shuffler and a few other guys played in that amateur as well. Um, but I, I think it just it, it's it kind of bodes well as with any U.S. Open venue um, for for guys who play well tee to green. I mean, I, I always argue that when you get on these classic courses like a Wingfoot, like a Country Club. Um, you know, the greens are so slopey and there's so much little intricacies to them that it kind of levels the playing field. So the great putters aren't going to make as many putts and the bad putters are still going to miss a lot of putts. Um, so that that really places more of, of a heightened, heightened emphasis, um, even compared to most tour weeks for a guy like a Will Zalatoris who strikes it well. He's currently leading the tour in strokes gain approach, um, you know, top 10 at strokes gain tee to green, a guy maybe lesser known like, Corey Connors, uh, who's just an absolute flusher, um, you know, and, and, and some of those guys, JT, uh, John Rahm, guys that that really strike the ball well. I mean, that's that's going to lend itself uh, to to being competitive this week. Uh, we're having a chat to Brentley about specific. If you have got any questions, give us a text on double eight double three for Brentley, and he'll ask uh, answer those questions for you on double eight. Double three heading into the US Golf Open at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. Uh, Brentley, just just leading into this competition, Roy McIlroy coming off that great win at the RBC Canadian Open, so he's carrying a lot of form. He had Tony Finau second outright, Justin Thomas just uh, wavered towards the end, mate. So those players will be there or thereabouts. Is there anyone else that we could potentially keep our eye on that has been tracking in the right direction uh, heading into this? Yeah, so I, I would actually, I think I'm the only buddy or only person here that uh, isn't really high on Rory this week. Um, mm. You know, yeah, he he he's historically, I, I or I guess recently, um, you know, these last handful of years hasn't been a very good wedge player. And last week in Canada, he kind of bucked that trend. But I, I still have to see it more from him. I have to see it more consistently and. Uh, these are small greens. These are greens that aren't going to be easy to, to hit and get the ball close, even from 150 yards in. So I'm not sold that that Rory can can continue that solid wedge play. Um, so some other guys that I point to uh, besides the three that you just said, uh, Scotty Scheffler still comes to mind. I mean, he's he's won a bunch this year already, won the Masters, but just kind of the the the, the well-roundedness of his game and his ability to to have a really good short game. Um, you know, that's, again, guys aren't going to hit a lot of greens this week. And 
you're going to be, uh, you know, hitting out of this kind of tricky rough. And there's some different lies that you can kind of get yourself into the, the bunkers. You're not going to get quite as much spin um, out, of, out of them because of the type of sand. And I think Scotty's kind of well uh, equipped and he has kind of the mental fortitude, too, where he doesn't really take himself that seriously to be able to play well, uh, you know, at a at a very tough test uh, like we're going to see this week. And um, Zalatoris is a guy who is one of the favorites and right, rightfully so. I just talked about him. And then another guy, uh, and it's not going to be that surprising, um, but I really think John Rahm's going to have a great week. And the reason I say that is, you know, we talked earlier about Brooks, you know, seeming a little irritated. You know, that's kind of been John Rahm's MO in, in his last handful of pressers and kind of in recent history in terms of um, he, he kind of gets a little irritated sometimes when people ask him about, you know, maybe his cutting or, you know, something that he doesn't like. Well, this, you know, this week, he fielded a lot of questions about Liv, a lot of questions about Phil. And it, he seemed very calm, very collected, didn't really get, um, you know, irked. And uh, I, I think that might bode well. He might be in a really good spot mentally. And uh, so this, that's why I think he's going to have a great, uh, you know, great week. I know Izzy likes a couple of those names that you're throwing out there, uh, Brentley. Hey, what about the crowds? You know, uh, the fans, are they going to be well-behaved this week? Or what, do we, what do we expect from the from the sidelines? <laughs> well, I don't know how much you know about Boston sports fans, but uh, yeah, they, they, they can get a little rowdy. But I, I think, uh, you know, because this is more of an individual game, uh, you know, I, I think they'll be very supportive, maybe not quite as bad as the New York fans that we've seen, uh, you know, especially at the PGA a couple week, or a couple years ago. Uh, but I, I, so far, they've been good. I, I think the surprising thing is how supportive they've been uh, for guys like Phil. Uh, someone asked Phil on, on Monday if he was going to be upset if the crowd started booing him. And he kind of, you know, as he did with many of the other questions, kind of gave a non-answer. But um, at least in the first couple of practice rounds that he's played, he's he's got a lot of cheers. Um, he's got a lot of people that seem to be kind of behind him in terms of the, the common fan. Um, so, yeah, I mean, crowds in, in terms of numbers, too, uh, uh, looks pretty healthy out there. Uh, and uh, I, I think uh, I think it's going to be a good uh, good stage. They'll be a bit tired, mate, trying to get their Boston Celtics uh, NBA team uh, back to, to yeah, well, level level may, the score. They, they may be in a bad mood on uh, you know <laughs> after after tomorrow night. So, uh, so nah, come Friday, on, though. come uh, on, Boston. Maybe maybe get back to me on Friday. They, they, they might be a little angry. <laughs> All right, all right. But hey, um, just want to ask you about Mito Pereira, mate. Obviously, what went on in the PGA and just what transpired on that final hole. Um, do, you, do you feel like, is there much expectations on him? Um, obviously, he was pretty unknown oh, for, for the most golf fans around the world, but going into that final round of the PGA and did what happened. Can we have any expectations for him to get back to, to maybe in contention? Yeah, well, first off, I, I, I think you nailed that... Uh pronunciation that that was that was very very Sorry. impressive but, uh, <laughs> no no you did it was it was great um but uh <laughs> no i i i think so um a, a couple of days ago I, I saw a tweet i think it was will haskett who's a pretty good follow on twitter he's he's really data driven and he uh he kind of went back through some of the recent u.s open winners and kind of what their stats looked like in the month leading up to their win and he kind of found out that at most of the venues, the guy who ended up winning the U.S. Open was positive in strokes game tee to green by at least two shots um, over the field. And entering this week, um, you know, using that sample, 
there's nine guys. And some of them are obvious, like Zalatoris, Rory. I think Rom is one of them. But uh, Mito is one of those guys. He's he's one of those nine. And, you know, I, I think he's still kicking himself after letting the PGA slip through his fingers uh, last month at Southern Hills. And uh, But I, I don't think this is a guy who is, is a flash in the pan. I, I think we're going to see him in these major championships contend more often. And, it, again, he's a great ball striker. Ball strikers always, you know, fare well at, at these things. And um, looking at his results, I mean, he's basically hasn't finished outside the top 25 since the players. Uh, so he's playing well. He's got he's got the pedigree. I think he's a little bit more motivated. He knows what it feels like to stand on the 18th tee with a lead on Sunday of a major championship. And uh, I think maybe this time he won't uh, he won't make a mess of it if he puts himself in that position again. Romane. Romane. He Never got it. Right? Never got it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not French. It, it's technically Romain, but. Uh, Romain. Close so, enough. I, so I kind of like it, it's, it's a little sexy. No one even knows. The boys in the back room are trying to correct me, and they don't even know. So give yourselves an uppercut, you two. Gosh. <laughs> it's, it's all right. You, you, there, there's not too many Brentleys, so you could just call me Brentley. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. Awesome, Brindley. Hey, thanks a lot for coming on this morning and sharing your vast knowledge of what's going on uh, in the golf world this week. I just want to, just before we let you go, get one uh, quick little tip from you. Boston, by how many? The Celtics, Wait, by how you, many? Oh, uh, Celtics, by, and I, I, I think they lose tomorrow night. So, no! Uh, but I, 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 I got my eye on the uh, uh, hockey. I'm from Florida. I'm a big Tampa Bay Lightning guy. Game one tonight against the avalanche so uh i'm 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 in full hockey mode right now well golf golf and hockey mode good hey, man brindley brindley ryan fox can he win <laughs> ryan fox <laughs> I, I love his swing i i love his swing um he's just an absolute bulldog um he could i mean he's he's a he's a bulldog and uh bulldogs tend to play well at us open so uh don't don't be shocked brilliant brindley remind brindley remind appreciate you coming on the show you champion you're an absolute legend. Thank you so much for joining Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Take care and, and all the best. All right, guys. See you soon. Thank you. Very good. Brilliant. Is, I'll tell you what. You go back and have a listen to that. You've got a decent multi to put on that golf. Mm. The names he was throwing out, they were all your names, mate. McElroy, eh? McElroy. Yeah, that's what they said last time on the PGA. <laughs> all the flushes, all the strikers. Say like every week. <laughs> And little oh. old JT came through. I'll tell you oh. what, if you go to tab.co.nz, they're doing a bonus back. So you can place, you put a $50 or less um, uh, outright pre-tournament winner bet on, and if your player doesn't win but finishes top 20, you get your money back. So I've just had 50 on Cam Smith at 21s, because when Cam Smith wins a major, and he will, I refuse to not be on him. I don't want to not be on Cam Smith the day he wins a major. So pretty much every major he plays on for the rest of his life, I'm having a, until he gets one, I'm having a bet. Uh, and Danny Lee, is he? Ryan Fox, but Danny Lee's back. Remember when he six-putted about three, two years ago? Mm. And, he, and he had that blow-up, and then he smashed his uh, club into his bag and hurt his wrist. He, I saw he landed in Boston, and he said on his Instagram, no six-putts this week, I promise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can understand as well. I'm about to have one in a minute. Um, no, so <laughs> joking. Joke. Wait, look at the next to win a, a major, and they're born after the nineties. There's a, the list: Zalatoris, Cantlay, Sam Burns, who's playing extremely well at the moment. Victor Hovland. You got Tommy Fleetwood, Cameron Smith, Xander Shoffley. Xander Shoffley hasn't won a major yet. 
Joquan Neiman. So there's some guys out there that were born after the 1990s that are on, you know, potentially could, could win a major. It's going to be interesting to watch this one, mate. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, I can't go past Rory McIlroy. If you look back, <laughs> if you look back at the form. <laughs> okay, Kimpy. Don't All right. stop him, Kimpy. Okay. Don't stop him. I'm telling you. Right, I'm you telling look, you. If you're looking back at the form, uh, Kimby, you, form would jump, you would jump on him. Golf form man. Who'd you Tell you, your nosebleeds. Well, you're one on. You're one from one with the majors so many far. You, how many? On, how many? What are you on? You're one from one. No, but we've no one else picked JT, so you're the one to follow. I after. did. I did. Eight bucks. I got him out oh, on the final yeah, day. Final <laughs> day. I mean, there you go. I, I reckon. I reckon you look at your top five boys. We need to shoot off because after this, we've got a huge job, and we need the help of everybody on double eight, double three in the Kennard's higher phone line. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Yesterday we missed the show. Because the All Whites were too busy getting robbed in Doha. So today, our great All Black selection, we have to do two positions at once. We're picking the midfield pairing after this. The midfield pairing after this will announce who's playing first five and pick 12 and 13. So get your thinking caps on. It's time for the great selection. It's Izzy and Kempe's All Blacks 23. Well, I tell you what, this job's kind of got a little bit easier now we actually have a squad to work with, but we're picking out All Blacks 23 and we're only a couple of weeks away from the first test against Ireland. We'll talk more about that in the coming few days. But who plays first 5-8 in this team? You're selecting with us. Find me a more iconic piece of commentary. Actually, don't let Smithy hear that, but... (laughs) (laughs) i got goosebumps. Mate, what about Speed to Burn? Speed to Burn, the boy from the coast. Do it! And I tell you what, Izzy, he was landslide. Like, no offence to Richie Mwonga, he had two votes, one of them was mine, Uh, but Bodie, he was landslide. Like, we're talking 98%, so there you go. Juicy, juicy matchup this weekend, mate. Two of the best going at it. R- uh, Bodie v. Richie Moanga. Ooh, man. Okay, all right. Good. We've got 90 seconds here, boys. Okay. We're going to rip yep. through them. Centre pairings. Izzy, you go first. Okay, I'm going to go first. <laughs> I'm going to start at the centre. I'm going to go uh, Rico Yuani. He's going to be starting at centre for me. Um Look, he's just actually proved me wrong in the last year or so, <laughs> mate. I, I said he wasn't a centre, but he has done. He has defined his game. He's changed his game. His ability to beat defenders on the inside. He always got on the outside break. Now he has been them on both sides. So he he's got you know made his game there. His distribution's getting better. So he's able to set up his outsides and and score with Talia and, and Caleb Clark and AJ Lamb. So here's my centre. Uh, second five. Oh, this is a hard one, but I'm going to go with my heart and my head. I'm going to give this guy a chance. He's going to have an opportunity in that first test. David Harvilli. David Harvilli at 12. So 12, David, Rico Senna. You, Uncle? Oh, yeah, I like Rico. I, I agree with you. Senna, I think he's, his game stepped up, having Roger on the inside of him this year. And uh, mm. people are going on around him passing that ball, you know, getting tackled a lot last year. I think he, he's learned from that. Yep. Mate, I'm, I'm going to stick with Geordie Barrett at number 12. Ooh, yeah. And the reason, oh. I, the reason I want to stick with Geordie Barrett at number 12 oh. 
is they need some aggression across the board. And if you get uh, Rico and Geordie at 12 and 13, you got some size and some mean dudes in the middle of the park. And I, and I reckon if the selectors are listening, mate, pick those two. 12, 13. There you go. Okay. Geordie and Aussie. Rico from Kempe. Is he? Crawfords. Is he? You have gone Davey H and Rico at centre. Oh, I love it, boys. Um, yeah. I, 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 lo- I love giving David Harvey another crack. I don't, think, I don't think it's fair to race him on what was happening at the end of last year, and I yeah. think he deserves another crack. But I don't think – I think Jack Goodhue's your first centre's name on paper, and I don't know what position he plays. So I think Jack – but for me, Jack Goodhue's the starting centre, and I think he's come back just as good from where he left off before that knee injury. So double eight, double three. We're doing your centre pairings today for the great selection. We head to Instagram and go to SCNZ underscore radio, and you can nominate – how this works is the names with the most votes. The name with the most votes fills our spot. So far, we'll give you an updated team list tomorrow to end the week, but we're talking centres. Who's playing outside Bowden Barrett and Aaron Smith? That's 29 away from 8. We'll get to some of your messages after the news with Aroha for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Yes, boys, the Kiwis are coming home, and I don't know about you, but I can't bloody wait. Give it to him! Yeah! Give him a taste! Give it! Give it! Give him a taste of Kiwi! Yeah! yeah. You know it, Louis. And what I have to say is I was quietly surprised to see the makeup of the team and thought that the balance across the board was pretty good. Our middles look solid, and James Fisher-Harris, Jesse Bromwich, Joseph Tapene, and Moses Liotta, who are among the best in the game at the moment in their respective clubs. Our edges are solid. Is he solid? Joseph Manu, Peter Hiku, Jordan Apana, and Ronaldo Mulitalo. Um, add Britton Nakura and Kenny Bromwich to the mix, and we have guys that are going to ask plenty of questions of the defensive light out wide. But to round it off, have a look at this spine. Jerome Hughes, Melbourne, thought he was more important to sign than Cam Munster. Well, Dylan Brown, outside him, tough, speed to burn, and knows where the try line is. To Mighty Martin, hell, he single-handedly turned Brisbane season around. And to cap it off, Brandon Smith, yes, the cheese, always nearly the best player on the field when he pulls on the coveted black jumper. I don't know about you fellas, but I'm a little bit excited rolling into this match against Tonga. Yeah, give him a taste of Kiwi. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Oh, you got me excited, Kempe. Give me goosebumps. I sent you that squad um, yesterday after his name. I said, Uncle, this is this has got me so excited about Kiwi uh, Kiwi Rugby League, mate. It is just, you know, for weeks and weeks we've been talking about the Warriors, and you kind of lose sight of of the Kiwis that are playing in the NRL, and how much actual talent we have. And then they unveil this team, and you're like, Wow, wow. yeah. Wow. How many Warriors players? <laughs> Well, only only one, one. They normally Just they one. normally um, populate the team too, the Warriors, but not this time. You know the thing is, he, I I had a look at it, and normally you have a look at the spine first and first up, yep. and you're always going, oh man, only if we had this bloke, you know what I mean? Mm. But the first time ever, I've got to say ever that I've looked at a, t- a, a Kiwi yeah. team and gone, man, this has got to be our best ever spine. Yeah, man, I, I'm agree. I totally agree. Huh? I looked at that and I just can't see any like sort of weakness in any sort of position I just say everything's so much talent and 
superstar effect all over it, mate. I can't wait to watch this game. Taking on Mick Matonga. Yes, go the Kiwis. How good. There's so much sport going on. There's so much rugby going on, but we can't look past the community game, Kimby. Nah, and I've got a lot of time too for these guys that are out in the middle. There are a few, not just important, but crucial cogs to our sporting ecosystem in New Zealand. And across any sport at any level, one of them is refereeing. Often a thankless job in which the stress doesn't seem worth the love for the game eventually. But for Nigel Bradley, though, he's found a longevity in his craft that is unrivaled. Actually, it is. This weekend, when Nigel picks up the whistle for Karaka's clash with Potomohi, he will ref his 350th Premier Rugby game. Just just get that into your head. 350 local games and in the, and out in the counties region. It could very well be a national record. I think it's more than a record. I think it would never be beaten. And Nigel's with us on the line this morning. Morning, Nigel. Good morning, mate. Mate, have you got a loose screw, loose screw somewhere? What's what's going on? Three hundred and fifty games. Like you just That's absolutely, amazing. obviously love the game, refereeing the game. Tell tell us how you got started. So um, I was playing at Massey University when I was down there, and I hurt my shoulder pretty badly. I was in hospital for five days, um, and the the old man was a ref in my in my earlier days, and he sort of encouraged us to to give it a go the following season and um, it turned out that I enjoyed it and I was reasonably good at it so I've kept it on kept it going mate 350 games Nigel is he here mate I uh, love to have you on the, on the show and, and well done on, on a stellar career and refereeing at the you. moment 349 chasing your 350th mate have you got a couple of highlights throughout those 350 that really stand out for you oh, in club rugby certainly my first um, premier final mm. um it was 2003, so uh, Waiuku and Pukekohe. So I live actually live in Waiuku, so it was a little bit of extra pressure as well. So um, I think um, Stephen Donald played in that oh, game as well. Did he? Did you get into him? He, he would have been. He would have been a grub. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he actually scored the winning try of the game, I think. Oh, and you didn't take it off him. Tuck and run. <laughs> So tell, so tell us about what's really interesting for 350 games, especially in rugby union, you must have an encyclopedia of rules. How did you keep up? Oh, look, no, it's, it's, you, you get the important ones. Like we have, we have a meeting regularly for training and um, we um, get trained by you know, sort of senior people, which I'm one of now, that um, – around what the rules are and we get experts in to tell us what the teams are doing and we're trying to do and and how to how to interpret the rules and and um make sure that we're current with them nice now what type of referee are you mate you love the whistle or you just like to let it flow and, and just open keep the game flowing and and nice and keep those cards away seen a lot of cards lately surely you you keeping those in your pocket yeah, I've only a, only a couple this year, to be fair. Um, yeah, look, I don't shy away from issuing them if I need to, but try not to. Um, I've got a smile on my face a lot, so um, hopefully that diffuses um, some of what's going on. But, yeah, look, I prefer to be the 31st player on the field, but sometimes you, you can't. You've, mm. you've got to step in and do what's required for the game. Yeah, beautiful, mate. Oh, look, you're, I'm, you're I'm not a school teacher. So. <laughs> you're not a school teacher, mate. You're just keeping the game flowing and and uh, you know trying to keep the excitement factor there, mate. 
before we let you go, if you were able to sell it to a young referee coming up, um, you know, if you want to uh, embrace them to give it a go and give it a crack, because let's be honest, without referees and guys like yourself that give up your time, mate, you're a volunteer pretty much, and you're giving up your sad days to go along and, and referee these games. Without you, we wouldn't have the game. So if you're trying to sell a, uh, to be, you know, a refereeing job or an opportunity to young kids coming forward, what would you say? Oh, look, there's definitely a career path um, mm. if you're good enough, but even even if that's not your but it's about um, staying involved in that, in that game that we all love. And it's the best seat in the house. You turn up, you don't care who wins, um, and mostly it's a really enjoyable day out. That's awesome, Nigel. Just one from me, um, Louis here, before we let you go. like we, we talk about it a lot, and you often hear the really – nasty stories of referee abuse and you know mm. you're giving up your time and then people that aren't paid for it as well so many volunteers around the country you've you've ref this match in that one place in counties over the years to where it is now do you feel like there is a respect for you out there from the spectators and the people around are you comfortable going out on a saturday and refereeing oh it's a, oh definitely definitely like it it started off um the comments were bloody hill ref now, then it went, oh, come on, Nigel. And now it, it's, oh, Nigel, or something like that. Everyone knows who I am. I get stopped <laughs> in the street, asked what um, what game I'm refing on the weekend. My wife just thinks it's hilarious that all these people know me. And often, I <laughs> honestly, I don't know who they are because I'm seeing 45 players and a couple of hundred spectators a week. <laughs> yeah. But I've got a little story for you. Last year, I was coming home from a game and I stopped to get a to get a pie on the way home after my game and this lady food champions. My here and um and paid for my my um my pie because she she appreciated the work that I've been doing in in, in rugby for so long. So that was that was a pretty cool moment actually. Oh, how good. More than I don't even pie. know who she was. I honestly I don't know who she was. Yeah, and how 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 good, mate? How good? And look, really want to. Um, we all do, mate. We want to congratulate you for for having the resilience to stick out three hundred and forty nine games, and hopefully you get through your three hundred and fifty this week, uh, Nigel. Um, we'll all know you. Don't worry about that. Everyone, in, everyone in every sport knows who the referee is. And I know you're good mates with your mate uh, this weekend, Ben O'Keefe. Just make sure yeah. that he gives the Blues all of the penalties. Got a few tips, <laughs> right. got a few tips for Ben O'Keefe. You phone him up. You phone Ben O'Keefe up. You tell him, him look after the Blues. Give him a pat on the back, mate. Give him a pat on the back. Right? Yeah. Crusaders he's, are coming. He's a good man. He, I, I interviewed him at our referees um, club last year, I think it was. So he's a good man. Good man. Yeah. Awesome, Crusaders Nigel. Crusaders Blues. Dog. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> boy. Love it. Love it. it. Awesome. Thanks, Nigel. Thanks for coming on, mate. All the best this weekend. Go out and have a good one. Okay. No worries. See ya. I reckon, boys, I reckon we'll talk to Nigel when he refs his 499th. Yeah, mate. He doesn't sound sound like he's stopping. Mm. Mate, that's honestly the hardest job in the world being a referee. Always said it. You, You can't win, you can't lose. Yeah, you know what I mean because you've got to have a winner and a loser and even if it's a draw they blame you both teams blame you so you're, ne- you're always copping it so to stick out for 315 games what a fantastic feat yeah 100% it sounds like his community's really got around him as well awesome to see well done that is such a great story congratulations uh, Nigel Bradley 340 
nine premier rugby games out in counties. Not out. What a champion. Not out. There's so much sport going on. There's so much rugby going on, but we can't look past the community game, Kimby. Nah, and I've got a lot of time too for these guys that are out in the middle. There are a few, not just important, but crucial cogs to our sporting ecosystem in New Zealand and across any sport at any level one of them is refereeing often a thankless job in which the stress doesn't seem worth the love for the game eventually but for Nigel Bradley though he's found a longevity in his craft that is unrivaled actually it is this weekend when Nigel picks up the whistle for Karaka's clash with Potomohe he will ref his 350th Premier Rugby game just, just get that into your head 350 local games and in the, and out in the counties region. It could very well be a national record. I think it's more than a record. I think it would never be beaten. And Nigel's with us on the line this morning. Morning, Nigel. Good morning. Mate, mate, have you got a loose screw, loose screw somewhere? What's what's going on? 350 games. Like You just That's absolutely, amazing. obviously love the game, refereeing the game. Tell, tell us how you got started. So um, I was playing at Massey University when I was down there and I hurt my shoulder pretty badly. I was in hospital for five days. Um, and the, the old man was a ref in my in my earlier days and he sort of encouraged us to, to give it a go the following season and um, it turned out that I enjoyed it and I was reasonably good at it. So I've kept it on, kept it going. Mate, 350 games. Nigel, is he here, mate? I love to have you on the, on the show and, and well done on, on a stellar career and refereeing at Thank the you. moment. 349, chasing your 350th. Mate, have you got a couple of highlights throughout those 350 that really stand out for you? Oh, in club rugby, certainly my first um, premier final. Mm. Um, it was 2003. So uh, Waiuku and Pukekohe. So I live actually live in Waiuku, so it was a little bit of extra pressure as well. So um, I think um, Stephen Donald played in that oh. game as well. Did he? Did you get into him? He, he would did. have been. He would have been a grub. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he actually scored the winning try of the game, I think. Oh. And you didn't take it off him. Tuck and run. <laughs> So tell, so tell us about what's really interesting for 350 games, especially in Rugby Union, you must have an encyclopedia of rules. How did you keep up? Oh, look, no, it's, it's, you, you get the important ones. Like, we have we have a meeting regularly for training, and um, we um, get trained by you know, sort of senior people, which I'm one of now, that... Um, around what the rules are and we get experts in to tell us what the teams are doing and we're trying to do and and how to how to interpret the rules and and um make sure that we're current with them nice now what type of referee are you mate you love the whistle or you just like to let it flow and, and just open keep the game flowing and and nice and keep those cards away seen a lot of cards lately surely you you're keeping those in your pocket yeah, I've only a, only a couple this year, to be fair. Um, yeah, look, I don't shy away from issuing them if I need to, but try not to. Um, I've got a smile on my face a lot, so um, hopefully that diffuses um, some of what's going on. But yeah, look, I prefer to be the 31st player on the field, but sometimes you, you can't. You've, you've got to step in and do what's required for the game. Yeah, beautiful, mate. Oh, look, you're, I'm, you're I'm not a school teacher. So. <laughs> you're not a school teacher, mate. You're just keeping the game flowing and, and uh, you know, trying to keep the excitement factor there. Mate, before we let you go, if you were able to sell it to a young referee coming up, um, 
you know, if you want to embrace them to give it a go and give it a crack, because let's be honest, without referees and guys like yourself that give up your time, mate, you're a volunteer pretty much, and you're giving up your Saturdays to go along and, and referee these games. Without you, we wouldn't have the game. So if you're trying to sell a, uh, to be, you know, a refereeing job or an opportunity to young kids coming forward, would you say? Oh, look, there's definitely a career path um, mm. if you're good enough, but even even if that's not you, but it's about um, staying involved in that, in that game that we all love. And it's the best seat in the house. You turn up, you don't care who wins, um, and mostly it's a really enjoyable day out. That's awesome, Nigel. Just one from me, um, Louis here, before we let you go. like we, we talk about it a lot, and you often hear the really nasty stories of referee abuse and you know mm. you're giving up your time and then people that aren't paid for it as well so many volunteers around the country you've you've ref this match in that one place in counties over the years to where it is now do you feel like there is a respect for you out there from the spectators and the people around are you comfortable going out on a saturday and refereeing oh it's a, oh definitely definitely like it it started off um the comments were bloody hill ref now, then it went, oh, come on, Nigel. And now it, it's, oh, Nigel, or something like that. Everyone knows who I am. I just <laughs> stopped in the street, asked what um, what game I'm riffing on the weekend. My wife just thinks it's hilarious that all these people know me. And often, I <laughs> honestly, I don't know who they are because I'm seeing 45 players and a couple of hundred spectators a week. <laughs> no, yeah. But I've got a little story for you. Last year, I was coming home from a game and I stopped to get a... To, to get a pie on the way home after my game, and this lady food of champions here, and um and paid for my my um my pie because she she appreciated the work that I've been doing in in, in rugby for so long. So that was that was a pretty cool moment actually. Oh, how hey, good! More than I don't even know who she was. I honestly I don't know who she was. Yeah, and how 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 good, mate? How good? And look, really want to. Um, we all do, mate. We want to congratulate you for for having the resilience to stick out three hundred and forty nine games, and hopefully you get through your three hundred and fifty this week, uh, Nigel. Um, we'll all know you. Don't worry about that. Everyone, in, <laughs> everyone in every sport knows who the referee is. And I know you're good mates with your mate uh, this weekend, Ben O'Keefe. Just make sure yeah. that he gives the Blues all of the penalties. Got a few tips, <laughs> right. got a few tips for Ben O'Keefe. You phone him up. You phone Ben O'Keefe up. You tell him we'll go after the Blues. Give him a pat on the back, mate. Give him a pat on the back. Right? Yeah. He's, Crusaders are coming. He's a good man. He, I, I interviewed him at our referees um, club last year, I think it was. So he's a good man. Good man. Yeah. Awesome, Crusaders Nigel. Crusaders are Blues. Dog. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, Love it. Love it. Awesome. Thanks, Nigel. Thanks for coming on, mate. All the best this weekend. Go out and have a good one. Okay. No worries. See ya. I reckon, boys, I reckon we'll talk to Nigel when he refs his 499th. Yeah, mate. He doesn't sound like he's doesn't sound like he's stopping. Mm. Nah. Mate, that's honestly the hardest job in the world being a referee. Always said yeah. it. You, you can't win, you can't lose. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you've got to have a winner and a loser. And even if it's a draw, they blame you. Both teams blame you. So you're, ne- you're always copping it. So to stick out for 315 games, what a fantastic feat. Yeah, 100%. It sounds like his community's really got around him as well. Awesome to see. Well done. That is such a great story. Congratulations, uh, Nigel Bradley. 349 Premier Rugby Games out in counties. Not out. What a champion. Not out. This is Ian Kempe for breakfast, SCNZ. Right now, we're going to talk some super rugby with an absolute legend of the game, the All Blacks Blues. Time for a McCafe coffee catch-up.
for a Thursday because when you think about that Blues jersey, there are a few people you envision in your head tearing it up. One of them undoubtedly is the tri-scoring machine, Dougie Howlett, a legendary Blues pl- a brother who played just shy of 100 times for the franchise and was part of the 2003 side, which bet the Crusaders in the final. He's been good enough to pick up the phone for a quick yarn this morning. Dougie, appreciate it, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Izzy. And look, uh, thanks for having me on. It's certainly bringing back some great memories of, uh, of years gone by. Mate, it's 2003. You were part of that game, 21-17. Mate, what are your memories from back then? Oh, look, obviously the final was, was a great yeah. memory, but uh, I distinctly remember the season itself. Yep. You know, we, we had a we had a we had a great year, um, enjoyable, smiles on our faces. Um, obviously, you know, success along the way, but uh, you know yep. that group of fellas, uh, you know, we're still in touch with now, and it's did a lot for you know that that 2003 campaign led by uh, Peter Sloan. Hey, Dougie, the the blue side, mate. Do they do they excite you? And, and what about the naming of the All Blacks team? You, do, do, is there any names in there that you like? Yeah, look, firstly, uh, the, the Blues team does excite me, and, and they have for the last few years. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, the, the, the talent available, the, yeah. the X factor, but, uh, you know, the fact that they're, they're sort of bringing that all together now in a, in a, in a, in a rounded offering, uh, that's the exciting piece. Um, and to, to the second part of your question, the, the All Blacks, uh, look, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased they sort of, uh, they've named the team on form there. Um, you know, uh, they're giving players a chance and, you know, that's what the All Blacks are all about. You know, if you're performing, you, you get rewarded. Nice, Dougie, nice, Dougie. Hey, mate, you played the, the Crusaders a few times and you were lucky enough to get one uh, over them, and particularly in that final, mate. Well, what is it about when, when you're facing the Crusaders back in your time that you kind of had to, to do during the week, even when you come game time, little things that you have to do, do 100% to get the job done over the Crusaders? Yeah, look, and, and I was probably part of a, a, a Blues team, you know, through the late 90s into that 2003, uh, you know, team. And, and the Crusaders were always, you know, keeping an eye on us, creeping yeah. up, improving, getting closer and closer. And it was only, I guess, until I, I sort of made that all-black team in 2000 where I was, I was rubbing shoulders with, you know, the, the, the Justin Marshalls, the Mertz, uh, you know, the, 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 the Blackadders, um, you know, the Reuben Thorne, where I sort of got a real insight into, you know, that, that mentality of, of that Crusaders team. And, and what they did was they, they, they really thrived in that arm wrestle. You know, they, they, they really loved that, that hard stuff, you know, which was, which was a different, you know, mentality coming from the Blues. You know, we, we just wanted to play, have fun, have a smile on our face. Um, but it was only till we got taken to some of those those dark places by the Crusaders <laughs> where we really found out, you know, what what sort of team we were, and you know, we sort of took some learnings leading into that 2003 match, and mm. uh, you know, and we started to, to sort of create that that resolve, you know, within the group around, you know, look, this is this is what what it's what, what it's going to take. It's going to get hard. It's going to get nasty. It's going to get really close. But we just have to stick in the fight. Yeah. And that, that was the, the conversation, you know, leading into that final. Yeah, and great to, great to hear that, Dougie, about the, um, the connection between the Crusaders and the Blues and, and that shift in mentality. What do you think Leon McDonald 
um, this week when he comes is going to bring as far as you know he come, he's come up through the Crusaders. He understands what they're all about. What do you think sitting here in Tamaki Makoto? He's he's building his theme around to attack with a, with a sellout crowd and what the Blues need to do going into this game to win it. Yeah, look, um, hard to say. Uh, I, I guess I, I can't see a lot changing, you know, in terms of, you know, what they've done during the season. They, they, they've built their own brand of, of, of rugby and they're doing it really well, built, built around, you know, an exciting and dynamic forward pack, um, but also, you know, some, some key decision makers and obviously Bowden Barrett, but also Stephen Perifetta who have led that back line, you know, around the field and executing in places where they need to. So, uh, look, I, I can't see Leon changing too much other than, you know, keeping them, you know, calm and cool and, and, and sticking to their guns, you know. Let's keep doing what, what got us here and let, let's not get overcome by the uh, the occasion. Hey, Dougie, you're a Blues legend, mate. You played 97 times in the jersey. Do you, do, you, do you past players still have any connection back to the group or are you still... You know, part of the alumni, and are you all going to head along to the game on Saturday night? Yeah, we are, and look, it's, it's something that's becoming more and more important, especially yeah. as as past players get older. Yeah, I think mm. that connection back to each other, you know, former teammates, but also this current group. And look, I've, I've been really excited about you know having come back from Ireland and and being welcomed into this Blues alumni around the, the connection to the current group. Um, led ably by, you know, CEO, um, uh, Mr. Hoare, yep. uh, and also uh, Leon, who, who welcome, I guess, what we've done as past players, you know, and they're, they're sort of building on what we've done as opposed to, you know, being being threatened or, or challenged by what we did. I think the, the, over, the overriding fact for most of us ex-Blues players is that we really want the team to do well. Mm. So, look, I think uh, that energy is now being passed on to the group and look, there's a there's a lovely connection and openness between this current group of players and past players. There's that, there's that saying, mate. When uh, Blues rugby is strong, Auckland rugby is strong, New Zealand rugby is strong, mate. And uh, hopefully, uh, we can see that transition to to higher honours, mate. Just quickly before I let go, transition out of rugby. I, I just alluded to it earlier on in our show. You, you're in the food industry. You're in the kind of mate. How was that transition for you, heading from from playing rugby back into to the real world, mate? Yeah, look, and I think uh, you know all all pro players transitioning out of out of pro rugby in particular. That's all I can comment on. Uh, you know, it is a journey, and I I, I I love the fact that in New Zealand in particular there there is a support network. Uh, you know, and that alumni is part of it. Um, the New Zealand Rugby Players are Association are part of it, and uh, the fact that you know there is support. You know, uh, coming out of rugby for for players to uh, follow pursuits outside of rugby. So, look, that's been really great to see. And uh, I guess in, in terms of my own journey, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, moving into, you know, food manufacturing, a, a company called Tomorrow's Meals. We're, we're up and down supermarkets in the country doing doing some great stuff. And, look, uh, there, there are some lovely transferable skills that I've brought from rugby, you know, into business, you know, yeah. being, being part of a team, you know, striving for common goals, uh, being target-driven, all these lovely things that, you know, 40 players have done, you know, all their life, uh, uh, fitting nicely into uh, my transition into business as we speak. Oh, well, mate, you're doing it pretty effortlessly, mate. You're doing a fantastic job post-footy. Keep up the great work. Dougie Hallett, mate, quickly before we let you go. Score prediction. Crusaders by... 
As as we saw in the semi-final, one point will do, and I I do believe it will be close, uh, depending on on what the weather looks like, and it could be wet again. Mm. But, uh, you know, I'm picking the the Blues by sort of uh, 6 to 12. (laughs) 6 to 12. Love it, Dougie. Appreciate you coming on our show, mate. You're You're an absolute champion. Thanks very much. Take care. We'll catch up soon. Good to check, guys. Take care. Awesome. Dougie Hallett. Dougie Six Hallett. To 12. So he didn't even go near that 13 to 20. Oh, cut Six it out. To 12. 12, hey. is, 12 is pretty close to 13. Is <laughs> 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 he's just hearing what he wants to hear? Six. Oh, yeah, six. That's one try, one converted try, one intercept on full time. Oh, we can still win by one point. <laughs> I love it. Dougie Hallett is a legend of the game. Um, and it's interesting. To, oh, sorry, Louis. Um, sorry to. But only mate. Um, just interesting listening to him what he learned from playing the Crusaders, eh? Just learning like those we see going to dark places, you know, and, and they were flying before they met the Crusaders and then that's when they really got to understand what kind of team they were and just some awesome comments from um from Dougie Harlett there and just talking about those combinations and the connections and just it's gonna take full eighty to get over top of the Crusaders side. That's that step up we're talking about, eh? As mm. you know, like you, you go through levels when you're an elite athlete and you go through yeah. your, your club footy and then it gets darker at NPC and then it gets darker at super. But then when yeah. you make that next step up, it's like, man, that's so mm. fast. You, 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 you go to places where you just never thought you'd go to and that's where you see the, great, the greatness. Yeah, absolutely agree. Double eight, double three. If you've got any closer to a suggestion, score suggestion, come through. Uh, Doug's gone six to twelve. Kempi's thirteen to twenty. What are you having tomorrow? We'll talk about it all morning long. Izzy's in the studio. It'll be two v one. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato, and aioli. So we doubled it: chicken and Macca's together, and loving it. Ba da ba ba ba. Available after ten thirty a.m. for a limited time only.